As a young man, I remember my father telling me, son, be very careful with your assumptions. Be very, very careful with your assumptions. Because if you really don't know what you're talking about, and you make an assumption because you really want something to be, you're liable to, well, he had a way of talking about the way the word assumption was made to make his point. I'll let you leave that to you. It's kind of like being a Buckeye fan. I want you to know I say that kind of like going to IU. I was so proud of them, I couldn't believe it. We, I mean, how many people entered that game with a huge assumption? Before we came up the aisle in Nass, I met this wonderful couple who's visiting from Ohio. <laughs> I almost told them I wasn't going to do this, but I chose not. I didn't want to believe that. I think assumptions always get me in trouble. I don't know about you. And, and if we really want to look at the root of where assumptions fail, it's because error enters into our judgment because of our desire for something. Error enters in because we so much want something to be true that it distorts our clarity of thinking. It happens all the time. And um, so desire, ultimately, is the root of why uninformed assumptions fail. When we look at today's gospel, we see some pretty dramatic assumptions being made and how they fail. John and James, two very good men as we know, they're out of human nature, approach Jesus and ask them, ask him, if, if when it comes into his, I love this, when it comes into his quote-unquote, air quotes, glory, may they sit at his right and at his left. And Jesus, listening to this, thinks to himself, you know, I don't think these guys are going to listen to me. In today's gospel, which starts in Mark, on verse 35, just two verses earlier in verse 33, which we heard last week, Jesus just said to them, almost his breath still coming out of his mouth, I will be taken, I will be beaten, I will be mocked, and I will be killed. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone who was so excited about something that they didn't even hear what you just said? He just said that to them, and the very next words out of their mouth is, oh yeah, and by the way, when you come into your glory, uh, can I sit your right and your left? like you and I. Jesus says to them, boys, you don't understand. Can you drink this cup that I'm about to drink? Can you be baptized in the manner in which I am being baptized? And assumption failure number two. They say, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. You think they understood? Yeah. They assume. Because of their desire. What do they expect Christ to be? They expect Christ to be the new David, right? The Messiah that they, was going to rebuild the temple and bring this military, powerful, huge glory to the Jewish people. That's what they expected. That was their assumption. And Jesus, no matter how many words he used with them, obviously was not 
And he said, do you understand that you're going to offer, you are volunteering to drink this cup? And they said, glibly and quickly, yes, we can. Fully not understanding what they just agreed to. Well, you know, today, this Sunday, has been officially declared by Deacon Lunsford, Full Disclosure Sunday. I should send a note to Rob. Full Disclosure Sunday. Do you and I understand what it means to be Roman Catholic? Do we understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and call ourselves Christians? Be careful of our assumptions. Now, if you're like me, you see following Christ as something that is extraordinarily logical, unbelievably powerful, and exceptionally beneficial to me. For when I learned to die to myself and to give to myself, to give of myself to others, I see the power of the Holy Spirit move things in my life. When I live in the sacramental life of the Eucharist profession and all the other wonderful, beautiful sacraments, I receive grace and power to live a life that I simply would not live if I wasn't a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's in that reality that sometimes we lose sight of the call. And Jesus says, can you drink this cup? Let's drop back two verses. They're going to take me. They're going to take me, which means he's going to be taken beyond his control. They're going to beat me. They are going to kill me. And then I will rise again. Can you drink this cup? If you and I are followers of Jesus Christ, shouldn't there be a cost to that? Certainly we just talked about the benefit, but isn't there a cost to this, my brothers and sisters? Absolutely. Is it not an assumption of desire that it all should be warm and fuzzy? And isn't that now obviously a failed assumption, listening to the words of Christ himself? As we live our lives, as we live our lives dynamically each day with everyone that we meet, we should know this simply and clearly. God expects you and I to be a servant to everyone we meet. Even to the point he uses the term slave. Our following of Jesus Christ is not intended solely for our benefit but it is intended and purposed for the benefit of everyone else he created. Can you imagine a world where followers of Jesus Christ truly martyred themselves in their self-will to give of themselves so much to other people, more so than themselves? Can you imagine the world we'd be living in right now? This is the kingdom that God is calling every one of us to. If you and I are truly followers of Jesus Christ, shouldn't there be a cost? Could someone tell? Shouldn't we be martyrs? If not physically in body, shouldn't our, shouldn't our reputations potentially be martyred? As we live in a world that is 180 degrees from the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
who flaunts and spits at his law and his directives and his life-giving purposeful commandments, shouldn't this cost us something? As friends and colleagues and family members encourage us to violate the Ten Commandments, should we not stand up and say, no, I will not? Should we not be ostracized because, no, we will not? Are there TV shows and movies that we should not go to? Are there bars that we should not enter? Are there places in our life that cause us to become part of the world, not the kingdom? Are there philosophies rampant in our society today that suggest 9,622 genders when there are two? Should this not cost us something? To simply lovingly stand up and say, two, man and woman. Next question. Aren't we told by God to forgive no matter how grievous the error has been predicated on us? Aren't we called to die to ourselves and to forgive no matter what? Absolutely we are. Shouldn't this cost us something? Shouldn't we go to bed at night a little wounded? I think we should. And I think that's exactly what Christ is telling his apostles. Hey, wake up! Full disclosure, this is no party. Yes, you will have power and strength beyond your understanding. But my brothers, your purpose is for others, not for self. So let's go out of here. Let's talk to each other at breakfast or wherever we're going. And let's ask each other, is there a mark on my body? Am I being martyred in any way? Am I, is there a cost to being a follower of Christ? Or is, would our neighbors even know? Would our colleagues at work and at school even know? Full disclosure, Sunday. It costs to be a follower of Jesus Christ. May you and I have the courage to drink this cup with joy, with love, and courage. May God continue to bless you.